keenly aware of. Have you wondered why it's so hard to say I'm sorry? You ever wondered that? I think, I think most of us in here tonight are married. It's hard to tell your spouse you're sorry. I tell Shelly I'm sorry all the time. I'm sorry, but... I'm sorry, but... And she says, no, you're just sorry. Just be sorry. Don't, don't put a butt to it. Just, you're just sorry. And leave it. It's hard to admit when we're wrong, isn't it? doesn't matter what it is. I don't care if you're, you're playing a board game and you roll the dice and you count too many on trouble and you get to the wrong spot. Somebody corrects you. You don't want to be corrected. Corrected. Don't, be, don't want to be wrong. We're prideful. We're prideful. We don't want to be wrong. Oh, boy. Here we go. We don't want to admit that we're wrong in any situation. I know sometimes you order a sandwich, and I don't care for onions, and so I order everything without onions. It comes back with onions, and I'm sitting there thinking, I know I told them no onions, but there's a chance that I'm wrong, but I don't want to admit that. It may just be. If I'm driving... I'm always looking for that lane that's moving the fastest. You know, you got different lanes, and so you get over to the, and so you get the one that's going fast, and you get over in that lane, and, and next thing you know, you're stopped. And the guy that was behind you in the other lane, now he's passing you, and you have to admit, I was wrong for getting in that. No, we still don't admit that. It, if, if this car in front of me wouldn't have been Grandpa Jones, and he would have did this, 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 I'd been up, you know, I'd made the right choice. I may not even say any of this, but this is all playing out in my mind. Don't want to be wrong. I want to always have an excuse. Hmm. It sounds like a sermon on patience tonight, right? <laughs> we, we need to have some patience. But, but I'm talking about being wrong tonight. And at some point and sometimes in our life, most days we're usually wrong about something. I know there's a lot of assumptions in life, too. We assume things, and we're wrong with our assumptions, too. If something is our fault, we want to blame someone else or say something else that caused us to react the way we reacted. It's because that happened. That's the reason why I said that. It's because that's the reason why I did that. So it's really not my fault. It's still my pride right here. I'm still not wrong. It's Shelly's fault for provoking me couldn't be me right couldn't couldn't be me Matthew chapter 3 verse number 1 in those days John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea Judea help me with my reading here tonight okay and saying repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand it's just a simple verse that I want to take tonight repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. We don't like to repent. We don't like to be wrong. We certainly don't like to say we're sorry and repent for something. I want to speak to you tonight about repentance or the lack of repentance. The title of my sermon is Repentance. I'm sorry, but let's pray. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, you're going to lead us and guide us tonight, Lord, through your word. Let the seed of the word go down deep inside, Lord, that it spring forth, 
Lord, what you wanted to bring up into our lives. I'm asking you, Lord, to let me speak what you would have me to speak. Let the hearers hear what you want them to hear. And I ask you, Lord, to bless us tonight as we honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Amen, amen. Regardless of who you are, how many know you need to repent of your sins? You need to repent of your sins. You're watching on Facebook thinking, man, I just stumbled across a crazy preacher here. He's preaching on repenting. Well, I'm going to tell you, it should be preached on quite a bit. That's not. Regardless of who you are, we we all need to repent of our sins. Your race, your creed, social standings doesn't change the fact that all men have sinned and need to repent. We need to repent. There are many who attend church that are members of churches all over the world, but have yet to repent to be born into the kingdom of God. Some people feel that they don't have to repent. They're good people. They're good people. You know, they're good moral people. I'm not doing anybody wrong, so I, you know, why do I need to repent? You know, they're good moral people. They, they, they don't, you know, they know God's not going to send anybody to hell. He's a good God, and, and so I, I don't need to repent. That's, people think that way. They would be right in thinking in the fact that God doesn't send people to hell because God doesn't. People choose their place in hell by not accepting God's free gift of salvation. By not repenting, they're choosing hell. A diplomat speaking at the United Nations may do or say things that many of his countrymen disapprove of, but he is still the diplomat, right? He's the, he's the officially recognized representative of that country. That's his job. He's speaking on behalf of his country. Adam. Adam. Adam was in this capacity for us. You know, people want to say, well, I haven't sinned. I, I'm morally good. I, I don't do this. Adam made a decision to disobey God, and because of that decision, we were born into sin. We were born into sin. All mankind was born into sin and still is to this day. A child is born, it's born into a sinful world. Didn't have to do anything wrong. Adam made a choice that affected everyone being born today. Romans 5.12 says, Therefore, just as through one man sin entered into the world, and death through sin, and thus death, death spread to all men because all sinned. Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So we need to have that understanding, first of all, and trust the Word of God that it's true. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So we're all in need of a Savior. So we all are in need of repenting. Amen. How many has ever had to repent after you were saved? Too many times. Too many times to count. I wish I could say I was the best Christian ever. I never needed to repent again. Too many times we had to go back and repent. The fact that you and I was born into this world meant that we were born into sin. And no matter what we do, no matter how good we want to be, we cannot be saved unless we repent. Now somebody might jump up and say, well, the Bible says all we have to do is believe. The Bible does say that. I agree with you. But you're never going to come to a point of, of, of believing that until you have a repentive heart. 
Repentance is not being sorry for the fact that you were found out to be in sin. You know, I found my kids to do something wrong, and when I find out that they're doing it wrong, uh, they'll go to apologize and tell me, well, you know, this, this, this. They're not really sorry that what they did. They're sorry they got caught. They got busted out. They're sorry about that. Repentance is not being sorry that you were found out to be in sin or that you were caught sinning against God. Repentance is being truly sorry for the wrong or the sin that you have committed. Being truly sorry. I've did some things before where I even thought I was right in doing it. And when I got done with it, I was like, I am so sorry I did that. Or I am so sorry I said that. It should have never come out of my mouth. True repentance hit me right, right in the face and made me realize that was absolutely wrong. I should have never done that. True repentance. The Bible speaks of godly sorrow. And the word sorrow means to have sadness, to have grief, pain, or heaviness. In 2 Corinthians 7 Verse number 10, for godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation. Not to be regretted, but the sorrow of the world produces death. It's not good enough just to be sorry. You need to have godly sorrow. You need to have godly sorrow. It produces repentance, leading to salvation. This speaks of godly sorrow, not meaning that God himself has grief, pain, heaviness, or sadness. For God has none of those things because God's never sinned. Barnes' commentary said this, Sorrow, according to God, that is such sorrow as has respect to God or is according to his will or leads the soul to him. It is his will for you to feel this sorrow as it leads the soul to him. This is a very important expression in regard to true repentance. End quote. I believe that guilt also is a part of sorrow that man feels. We feel guilty when we do something wrong. I'm going to tell you what, when you lose that guilt, when you do something wrong, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's, there's not a whole lot of guilt in my house because my kids, they find out it's the last cookie, they eat it. They're not guilty about it. They don't feel guilty. They're not sorrowful about it. They're happy that they got one over on dad and they need to repent Repentance is not complete with just being sorry. It's not. There's another step that man must carry out before he can really say that he's repented and now is saved. And that is a thorough change of mind unto salvation. <laughs> because the person who feels he cannot rest until he finds pardon through the mercy of God... They can't sleep until they can make peace with their God. That's when true repentance, when you know you have true repentance, when you need God and you, you can't wait to get to a spot where you can just confess your sins to him and say, God, I, I'm sorry. I, I Forgive me. I should not have said that. I should not have done that. Yet I've been in them points where I'm saying, preacher, please shut up. I want to hit the altars and repent. He must stop doing the thing that causes his sorrow his sorrow, and make a change in the direction that he was going. Somebody said, well, you make a 90-degree change. No. No. Turn back. Go, go all the way back from where you went or where you come from. Turn away from them sins. Repent. Too many times people want to repent when they feel guilty. But when they're confronted with the same sin, they sink down to the deeper depths of that same sin. All because they didn't change directions. 
They continued to walk in the same direction they were walking. Continued to hang out with the same people they were hanging out with. Continued to be looking at some of the same things on Facebook and on the internet they shouldn't be looking at. Oh, it's getting deep in here quick. There are many reasons why people don't want to repent. Here's one, Proverbs 21 and 2. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Can I put Drew's interpretation on this? Everybody thinks they know what they're talking about. Everybody thinks they're right. doesn't matter what it is. How many Brandon, you ever had anybody on the job that was like that? Everything didn't matter what it was about the job. They knew everything about that job, and most likely they knew nothing about that job. Yeah. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Is this not the very description of America today? God already knows that, all, that we all think that we're right. He already knows that we've made that decision in our minds. We're all right in our own eyes. It doesn't matter what anyone says, I'm right. Doesn't matter. I've heard people even say that. I don't care what you say, I'm right. And they were dead wrong. We are so delusional that we feel that we know what's best. The world will tell you that if you don't like something, to just cancel it out. You don't like the history of America? Cancel it out. You don't, know, you don't like the statues because they stand for something that happened in America? It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat. Cancel it out. Seems silly, but we've just witnessed it. If you don't like your husband, be the best you. Cancel him out. You don't like your wife? Be the best you. Cancel her out. That's where we come to. If you don't like the law, cancel them out. Be the best you and don't let anything get in your way. You want to drive as fast as you want to drive, just drive it. It doesn't matter what anybody says. You want to drink and drive, just drink and drive. Do whatever you want to do. Just cancel them out. You don't have to do it. Be the best you. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes. Be the best you. Don't let anything get in your way. If you want to drink, drink. If you want to have multiple partners, live your best life, man. Just do it. They don't need anyone to show them, to tell them, to encourage them in the right direction because they already know what's right for them. And God, you know, it doesn't matter. I know what's right. I know what's best for me. I'm right in my own eyes. Besides, God wants us happy, right? So he must want me to do whatever I want to do. God help us. People say I don't need God to tell me how to live. I don't need the Bible to tell me or to show me how to live. I don't need a preacher to tell me how to live. I don't need a shepherd watching out for me. I don't need a shepherd watching over me. I don't need a shepherd feeding me from God's word. They're just, they're just in their own little world. They're doing their own thing because they're right in their own eyes. I'm right in my own eyes. I don't need God's provision for my life. If you didn't know already, God has provided you with the shepherd. If you're watching on Facebook, God's provided you with the shepherd. Absolutely. That's looking out for you. He's fighting back the enemy for you. He's watching over you for the wolves that are coming in trying to devour your soul. Another thing that keeps a person from repenting is pride. Pride will keep people from admitting they're wrong no matter what. Some people is that argumentative that they'll just look up at the sky and say, the sky is brown. 
You say, no, it's blue, and they say, no, it's not. They just want to argue. Their pride's not going to allow them to admit ever being wrong. Children growing up wanting to do things on their own. Tying their shoes was a big deal in our house. I'm glad that they can finally do that. <laughs> you teach them exactly how to tie that bow, and then they're off on their own. They're, they're doing it, and, they, and, and you're sitting there thinking they're doing it wrong, and you want to fix it for them. And no, 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 they, they're going to keep on going, and they'll sit there forever until they're mad, frustrated, and, and don't know what to do. And you're, you're just, you want to reach down and help, and as soon as you start, I got it, Dad. Uh, okay. It's their pride. It's their pride. They want to show that they can do it. They want to show that they can do it. When it comes to our lives, we can't be so prideful that we can't come back to a loving God and ask for forgiveness. Ask for help. Ask him how to show us things. Our pride has got to be pushed down. I mentioned it earlier. We've got to surrender to God. Surrender to him in every way of our lives, in every part of our lives, not in just some of the things. It just sounds like, you know, we want, you know, we call it uh, fire insurance. You know, we don't want to go to hell, so we want to be saved. But at the same time, God, we don't need you in any other part of our life. We're, we're too prideful. We don't need that kind of help. Proverbs 16, verse number 18. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. God knew exactly what pride would do. It goes before destruction. You're going to have pride. It's not going to be long. Follow that pride. You're going to see destruction. There should be no room for pride when God is a forgiving God with mercy and grace in his hand. Shelly, would you come back? Then there's people that's filled with rebellion. They feel that, in, that it's no one else's business what they're doing, how they're doing it, how they're walking with God's going. God himself can speak to them and, no, God, I don't want to hear it. I'm, I'm doing what I want to do. Just total rebellion, understanding they're in the wrong, and continuing on with it. Sins come in about every form you can imagine. It may be anger, maybe bitterness, hatred, and all these things try to creep up, creep up on us. And you know what I found out is when they do, God tries to talk to us. He tries to speak to us. He tries to warn us what's coming in our spirit, what's rising up in our spirit. And that rebellious spirit... Start, but God, they deserve it. They did this. They did that. But God, and we try to give excuses again. Go back to our excuses. This is the way I am, the way I am. God, we're in denial. It couldn't be just me. Rebellion. No matter what it is, no matter what form it comes in, anger, bitterness, or hatred, God still requires all men to repent. Acts 17.30, truly, these times of ignorance God overlooked, but now commands all men everywhere to repent. God takes no pleasure in men going to hell, men choosing hell. God's will is for every person to be saved, but God will not force his will upon any man. He's not going to make you get saved. You may have been saved before, backslid, you need to repent, but God's not going to make you repent. God's not going to make you come back. Hmm. Notice how God wants to work in the lives of men. God doesn't beat anyone into subjection to be saved. 
He will not threaten you or try to scare you into being sorry and turn away from your sin. He's not going to do that. But God wants to draw you to him with his goodness, with his love, and let you know that he's a loving father. He wants you. He cares for you. He knows what the devil's trying to do to you. And he knows the plans he has for you. The meaning of goodness is the quality or state of being good. In the book of John, chapter 4, we see an example of the goodness of Jesus. He's at the well with a woman that's in her sins. She goes to town. She tells everybody, come meet this Jesus. He's told me everything about me. We're seeing his goodness right there. In John, chapter 5, we see a man at the pool that was... Uh, told not to sin anymore after Jesus healed him after 38 years. In Matthew chapter 9, we see the one healed of the palsy that told thy sins be forgiven thee. Does repentance keep you from all kinds of troubles in this world? No. But you do have the assurance that he can help you through all of the events of your life that you wasn't capable of walking through without him. Repentance leads to eternal life in Jesus Christ. Repentance gives the individual a peace of mind when all the world is turned upside down. Everything's in turmoil. When we repent, have our right relationship with God, we can live in a crazy world and still be in our right mind. Repentance causes joy in the life of the repentant soul that all the pleasures of sin could not give up, could not give. It's the preacher's job to preach the word. It's all of our responsibility to hear and to believe and to repent. He hears our prayer. He listens to it. He's attentive. I was thinking about this today, sitting on the right hand of the Father. He hears this prayer. I just, I just picture him just leaning over, giving his attention, listening. Loves hearing his pray. 1 John 1 and 9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now, I look through the audience tonight, I think everybody here is saved. You think, why am I preaching a sermon on repentance? I look at it this way. If you're not in a spot right now in your life where you need to be repenting, you may be soon. The other thing is, there's people on Facebook watching that, that are in this position. They need to repent. They need to find God as their personal Savior. But we all have loved ones, family, friends that need God. They need to repent. They need to repent. What I want us to do tonight, I want us to come around the altar. I want us to pray. One of the most powerful tools that we have is prayer. Let's pray for lost souls to come to know the Savior. Some of these requests up here, that's what it is. It's lost souls. We have a whole pile right over here on the corner. It, there's so many of them are lost souls. And we need to be praying earnestly, earnestly for these. Father, I thank you, Lord, tonight that we can come to you once again and pray. God, we can come to you and repent. Lord, if we failed you, we can come to you and repent. 
And I thank you, Lord, for that avenue you created for us. I ask you, Lord, to bless these people. If there's someone watching on Facebook right now, Father, I'm asking you, Lord, that the word touches their heart, that your spirit reaches into their soul. And God, and they find a place find themselves on their knees and repent, Lord. A Christian may need to repent, Lord, for maybe their actions or what they've been doing. God, you've been speaking to them already. They need to find a place to pray. They need to repent. Not one of these prayers that, God, I'm sorry, but someone else made me do it. God, we repent for our actions. We repent for our heart, for our wayward heart. I thank you, Lord. You're faithful.